Welcome back to the Eddie Corns podcast. Today we are breaking down a pretty disappointing All-Star game and then I'm going to give my NBA All-Star game break awards just with a little twist. Let's start with the worst basketball game I've ever watched in my life. Today's NBA All-Star game. There were nearly 400 points scored, and I didn't enjoy a single one of them. It was the worst display of basketball I've ever seen. That includes watching year threes play basketball. That includes me playing in year two. That includes my current school team, which is not great. That includes uh, my brother's teams, anything, any basketball game I've ever watched in my life. That includes pickup games that I've seen between players that have never touched a basketball in their life was better and more entertaining than today's All-Star game. There wasn't a single bit of effort shown by any player. And then LeBron James has the audacity to come out after the game and say the league has to find a way to fix this. LeBron, you're the reason and your peers are the reason this game doesn't work. It's not the NBA. It's you. Take some responsibility. Instead of just giving a quote and telling people what they want to hear, actually say and take responsibility and go and put some effort in into this game because you showed none today and no one on that court did people are going to want the all-star game retired and that is sad because there's so much history in the all-star game and it's a great representation of how good players are there's only been five all-star game mvps that haven't been one of the five best players in the nba since 1992 anthony davis russell westbrook kyrie dame today and glenn rice they're the five players that have won all-star game mvps and not been one of the five best players in the nba it is a really good snapshot of who the best players are right now 12 of the All-Star Game MVPs since 1992 have gone on to win titles within the next three years. It shows you how good people are, yet these players don't take this game seriously. It has the potential to be one of the greatest games we've ever seen played. All of the NBA's most talented players. This is the most talented the NBA's ever been, and yet we're sitting here with the worst All-Star Game ever. Congrats, Dame, for winning MVP. You chucked up a ton of shots. They win in. Anyone could have done that on that court. Dame took the most. Cat took the most. That's why they top scored. Um, I learnt nothing from today. Sorry. I still don't think Dame's the same player that he was three years ago. I still don't think he was the same player he was last year. I still don't think the Bucks are going to be that good this year. And I still will not be watching the All-Star game next year. Sorry, guys. The only thing that will ever get me to watch the All-Star game is Steph Curry going off in three-pointers like he did in 2021 or an actual competitive fourth quarter, which happened in 2020. In 2020. And you know why that happened? Because LeBron James and Giannis tried. LeBron, that is one of the worst post-game comments I've ever heard. League fixed the NBA All-Star game. LeBron, it's you. If you try, everyone else tries. You're the face of the league. You have been since 2000. What are you talking about? By the way, the dunk contest wasn't good. The three, the two three-point contests were really fun. So maybe make those the most talked about and highlighted parts of All-Star Weekend because they were the only two things I cared about. Sabrina is unbelievable. Steph is a freak. Dame, uh, good win. Um, and everyone else who competed in the three-point contest, thank you. You saved the weekend or you saved what you could have because that All-Star game. <laughs> oh, man. So disappointing as well because it has so much potential, but they just don't try. So LeBron, 
that's the worst post-game comment I've ever heard. It was the worst game I've ever seen played. And somehow the NFL Pro Bowl, which is normally just an absolute joke, has become more fun than the NBA All-Star Weekend. Sad, sad scene. Just to give some context as to what we're about to do, I want to give some awards for before the NBA All-Star break. So I'm going to give some random accolades, made-up accolades out to teams and players that I believe are deserving of. But I'm going to do this by using a stepbrother's quote. So this isn't an actual award I give out. This isn't a spoiler. But, for example, you just touched my drum set. That would be for a team that made a really good trade and stole a good player. Something like that. That's not an actual award. They're better than that, hopefully. Um, let's jump straight into it. Step Brothers is my favorite comedy and my most rewatched movie ever. So I really wanted to do something where I could use Step Brothers in some context, whether that's a podcast or article, and I thought this would be the best way to do it. So I hope you enjoy. This is how we do it. Da, 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 da. Hey, I never asked you. Yeah. You like guacamole? Oh! Oh, It's bad. It's so bad. There's blood everywhere. The bunk beds were a terrible idea. Why did you let us do that? The You Should Have Never Let Us Make Bunk Beds Award goes out to the Washington Wizards, who have let Jordan Paul and Kyle Kuzma have free reign over their franchise and do whatever they want. They've made the Wizards look stupid for giving up Chris Paul for Jordan Paul. Uh, even though Paul now has little or no value, so does Jordan Paul. They are the two best players on the 9-43 and 43 Wizards, yet they're 14th in the East and only one game in front of the abysmal Pistons, which <laughs> celebrated a win this season like they just won Game 7 in the NBA Finals because they only have five of them. Paul and Kuzma have a minus 10 net rating. That is the worst possible net rating you can have with a minimum of 1,100 minutes. Not great. Not only that, they've ruined Jordan Paul's career. He was bad last year in the playoffs. It's why his value was so low come the offseason. He was almost unplayable. Now, you send him to the Wizards, you say, Jordan Paul, let's rebuild your confidence. They've done the complete opposite. He's gone from 20.4 points last year to 15.6 this year. He's gone from 43% field goal percentage to 40% this year. He's gone from 33% from three to 30% this year. He's become one of the saddest NBA stories and another example of how terrible situations can ruin developing talent. Doesn't matter how good you are, if you don't land in the right situation, your career is no longer in your hands. I really do hope Jordan Paul gets back to where he was two years ago. He's one of my favorite players, but if he stays on this Wizards team with Kuzma... It's not going to happen. I don't understand what the Wizards were doing at the deadline last year. Kuzma had so much value. They just kept him. He's now wasting away in Washington. He got paid, but it doesn't matter. The Wizards suck. They're not going to get better anytime soon with those two players on the same team and as their best two players. What kind of dreams are you guys having? This award goes out to the Chicago Bulls who continue to believe they have a championship-level roster and refused to rebuild for reasons that are unknown to me. They got better when Zach Levine got injured. Why would you not trade the guy 
that is clearly hurting your team. Kobe White has become one of the better point guards in the NBA now that Levine has cleared up minutes for him to get better and he's worked on his handle and it's paid off immensely. They've got DeMar, who's on an expiring contract. Trade him. (laughs) I highly doubt DeMar is coming back to Chicago if Levine is there. I understand the thing with Levine and how his trade value isn't that high at the moment. They had some good offers from teams like the Lakers and I heard rumors of Detroit as well. I'm sure Detroit could have given up some decent players for Levine. The reason he has no value is because that contract's terrible. It's a blessing to be able to move off that contract for other expirings. You can clear up cap space for next year and and move on and rebuild because it's what it's going to take to win a championship. This roster is nowhere near where they need to be. Uh, I'm sure they're going to try and get Patrick Williams back into form, hope that Lonzo Ball can come and help in some way next year when he is hopefully, fingers crossed, healthy and his knees don't um, fail him. But I don't think that's like a foreseeable outcome, them getting any better next year. If DeMar's gone, Levine's back, there's no way this team is better. They're stuck in the mud as a play-in team. It's not where you want to be. It's no man's land. Either rebuild or compete. Go trade for someone. I don't know who that guy is. I don't think they know who that guy is. So then the obvious move is to rebuild. Chicago Bulls, you're absolutely dreaming. They've done this two trade deadlines in a row. Make some moves and rebuild, please. This award goes out to the Milwaukee Bucks, who, despite having all the talent, all the singing lessons in the world... They've just looked flat this year. They've had the worst body language. They haven't looked like they wanted to compete. Giannis is the most competitive guy in the NBA, and not even he can inspire this team. They've changed coaches. They're 3-7 since Doc Rivers has taken over. I just talked about Dame winning All-Star MVP. We'll see if that can change it. History says it will. I'm not sure I believe that. And Dame is just... He's clearly desperate to get another ring, and I'm not sure it's going to happen in Milwaukee. He's not the same player he was three seasons ago. It's pretty clear now. His defense is is really bad, and it's the rest of the team that, that worries me as well. They don't have the depth they had when they won the championship. They're going to have to be playing nine-man rotations as soon as the playoffs starts. That's not good for anyone, especially Giannis, who, when they did that last year, got injured. They're going to pack the paint. They're going to build a wall. They're going to double Dame and they're going to make these other guys in this team, like Chris Middleton, who hasn't shown me anything this year to give me any confidence in him going to the playoffs to make plays and go win some games. I just don't see that happening. Can the two guys go drag this team to a ring? Possibly. Do I actually see that actually happening? No, I don't. I'm not ready to completely rule them out. There could be some big changes after All-Star break. They could finally figure it out. Doc's just gotten there. He could make some changes as well with this week off. But everything I've seen so far, they've looked flat and they're worrying me. This house is a fucking prison on planet bullshit in the galaxy of this sucks camel dicks. This award goes out to Luka Doncic, who has been absolutely failed by the Mavs front office. I'm getting to the point where I, I actually want Luka to demand a trade. They've failed him over and over and over again, especially these last three years. He took them to the West Finals with Brunson. They let Brunson walk. Now, Brunson's the most underrated player in the NBA. He is on the Knicks, who are better than the Mavs, 
and unbelievably better managed, which is wild. Cuban is clearly desperate. He's trading tons of picks. He's no longer the sole owner of the Mavs. They could kick him out at any time. And since Dirk's left, he hasn't done anything of note worthy enough to keep him there. So he's clearly worried. The Kyrie experiment failed. It has failed. I don't care what anyone says. That experiment has failed. They've done no damage in the playoffs with Kyrie on the team. Yet they decide to give him 37 mil for every year for three years. Why? <laughs> Who are you competing against with Kyrie? The Lakers? They had no cap space. You're competing against no one. It's, it's astounding to me they go do that. Luka is the best player in the NBA. He has been this whole season. He could go on an MVP run if this Mavs team just gave him some semblance of a decent roster around him. They can't do it. Their only good move this season was drafting Derek Lively. He's been a revelation. He is a great player next to Luka. Find more of those guys. We know by now. Luka's been in the league for four or five years now. We know what fits with him. He dominates the ball. I get it. Sometimes that's frustrating. We saw with Brunson, though, what can happen. He took him to the West. It's fine if he has a decent point guard next to him that's willing to give up the ball, that doesn't have a huge ego, that can score. Because when Luke is getting doubled right now, nothing's happening. Kyrie isn't the same guy he was in Cleveland. He's not even the same guy he was in Boston. He's at a different point of his career. He's not helping Luke at all. You give him three years. Why? Why? It doesn't make any sense. The Mavs front office is incompetent. They have been for years now. Someone save Luka. He's in a prison. He can't get out. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. This award goes out to Tyrese Halliburton and Pascal Siakam. I liked the trade when it happened. The Pacers are starting to kind of realize that this team does have a lot of potential to go out and win a championship. They're capitalizing. They probably promised Siakam a ton of money down the road as he's on an expiring contract. But they said, let's see what it looks like this year. Let's play with some pace with Siakam, who is one of the rare centers in the NBA that can actually do that and run and run with Halliburton, who is the best player in the NBA when the ball is moving. He's the best at doing it since Steve Nash. His three-point shot is down this year, Siakam, but when he plays with a point guard as good as Halliburton, I love this trade. We haven't seen a ton of it this year, unfortunately, because of injuries, which sucks. But when Halliburton gets fully healthy with those hamstrings and when Siakam kind of gets into the flow of this Pacers offense, come playoff time, post-All-Star break, I see this team going back to the level they were during the in-season tournament. I love this trade. I think these guys are going to be best friends for quite a while. You were dead. I saw you die. I was faking. I use Ninja Focus to slow my heart rate down. The Faking Your Own Death Award goes out to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who earlier this year looked completely dysfunctional. Garland and Mitchell didn't look like they'd get along. And now they're back. They're the second seed in the East. I picked them to be in the Eastern Conference, and I'm feeling a lot better about that pick now than I did a few weeks ago. All it took was injuries to Garland and Mobley, and this team has found an identity. And these role players kind of found some confidence. Mitchell has skyrocketed again these last few weeks and has looked like the Jazz player of old. 
I'm not too worried about these guys who got injured Mobley and Garland slotting back into their slots either because I think now this team knows who they are. They play with pace. They're aggressive. They are tall. They're lengthy. Mobley and Allen, I am slightly worried about that in the playoffs, but right now post-All-Star break, they're going to be super hard to play against, especially teams who are led by guards. Like some teams like the Warriors have really struggled against the Cavs this year. Um, OKC with Shea, although they've got Chet, which will help a bit. Uh, Anthony Edwards in Minnesota, that's all going to suck. The East, there's not a ton of not a ton of teams led by guards, but I really do like this team. Now, the thing that does scare me is that in the playoffs last year they were bullied. The Knicks made them look really soft, and it felt to me that that Mitchell was not a fan of this team and who was on it. There's going to be a big test coming up for this team. First round of the playoffs. I'm not sure who they'll get. Could be the Pacers. If they get someone like that, that's a, that's a big test. Um, and it could decide if Mitchell stays or leaves as well. But the wild card they have in their back pocket is Evan Mobley. He's going to go up a few levels post-All-Star break. I can feel it. There's always one player that out of nowhere just levels up after All-Star break. And that player this year is going to be Evan Mobley. He's already one of the best defenders in the NBA. Give him some time in the offense with Mitchell and Garland, who are being really aggressive at the moment. And hopefully, he can learn from those guards' mindsets and really take on some teams and start playing aggressively on offense. I think the only thing missing for Mobley right now is his confidence in his game on offense. When that comes, we're going to start talking about this guy in the same way we talk about Bam Adebayo, and he'll be an all-star next year. Book it in. Mobley, he's gone up a level. The Cavs, I like where they're at right now. They're back. They're alive. That's it for my all-star break awards. It was a relatively long podcast that one i've always wanted to do either an article or a podcast featuring set brothers as it's the funniest movie ever made so that was my way of doing it hopefully you guys enjoyed it it's um thank you for listening to the end i'll be back on wednesday there's a lot to talk about at the moment i might have a guest we'll see i also uh could be talking about the nba as that's finally kicking into gear now that we're past the nfl season hopefully a few more people start tuning in it's a really interesting NBA season right now as it's kind of been flipped on its head with Durant and Curry and LeBron. They're all, their teams are really struggling at the moment. So we could see this is the year that the new generation finally takes the reins from the guys that have dominated the 2010s and 2000s. We'll see. Then again, my Warriors. I don't want to get too excited. We didn't. <laughs> We've blown some leads, okay? We blew that huge lead to the Clippers and nearly gave one away to Utah. I like where we're at at the moment. I think the last step for us is benching Dario Saric forever and playing TJD. Will Kerr do that? Probably not. He doesn't love the rookies. And also, Jackson Davies can't catch a ball to save his life. So hopefully, he's been spending his time throwing the ball up against the wall and just making sure he catches it during the all-star break. If he does, he's going to be an absolute menace. So hopefully that happens. Also the Lakers. LeBron has apparently had a few trade rumors. That would have thrown him off a little bit. He's never really been in trade talks ever. So I'm not sure 
if he's going to come back with a vengeance or he'll check out the Lakers and try and get out of there this offseason and head to Golden State, maybe, uh, or Philadelphia. I would actually think he'd rather go to Philadelphia than Golden State just because of the legacy aspect and he's got to have more rings than Curry. That's probably how he feels. That's how I feel as well. If he wants to be the guy, he's got to have more rings than the guy that was in his same era. Also, it's not even his era. Thank you for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday. There's a lot to talk about. Um, see you then.